powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 and older, please play responsibly. All right, Armand. Leafs fans. <laughs> yep. Leafs fans, we're back for another game over Toronto. Harnish and Armand here with you this Saturday, February 11th, um, playing a back-to-back against uh, the the Columbus Blue Jackets. And unfortunately, we couldn't get the same result as yesterday. Um, unsure why? I mean, is it is it me? Is it a me problem? I swear every time it comes to back-to-backs, right? we either go to overtime or we get a loss. <laughs> Am I just cursed now? <laughs> a lot of the time, both overtime and a loss. Exactly. It's it's horrible. But uh, one positive that we do have on the show is uh, we're gonna be ha- we're gonna be joined with uh, with Allison uh, Lucan in just shortly. So um, yeah, but before we do that, Armand, what what a loss! I mean, th- it was frustrating through and through. This was just a, a horrendous effort, right, from from our team. And after the first period, it looked like we we had a, a good shot go in, but dude, the first period I don't know was dominant. I, I even tweeted that that was like a perfect period, and then they followed it up with one of the worst periods I've ever seen them play. So yeah, there's there's a lot is. to really go over on this, but yeah, it was a horrendous effort after that first period. But without further ado, let's invite Allison and get her input as well. I'm pleased to introduce Allison to the show tonight. Allison's a contributor um, and on-air analyst for the Seattle Kraken and previously worked for the Athletic on the Columbus Blue Jackets. So we're going to have some some good insight on this as well. What a perfect game. Um, Allison, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm thrilled. I hope it's not my fault. Maybe this is, <laughs> I'm the bad omen. <laughs> No, don't worry. I, I'm telling you, I've I've had some really bad luck <laughs> this, this new year with a couple bad games. I'm starting to feel like it's me, but uh, but we're, we're at least at least we were able to talk it out with with you and the, and the rest of the fans as well. So um, help us uh, help us digest that that horrendous loss for us <laughs> at least. Was, was Columbus your team growing up, Allison? Because I knew you were you're originally from. Well, I I wish I was that young, but they did not exist. <laughs> Until like what, 2000, I think? 2000, yeah, 2000 was when they started. Um, but uh, if, it, if it helps at all, I can tell you that there's a lot of Columbus fans who aren't happy that they won either. <laughs> yeah, they, I was they just going to tank, so. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to say that. I was like, it, it really seemed like no team won today. The Leafs didn't win. <laughs> the Columbus for sure was not happy with that. And uh, I, I really thought with uh, uh, Merzlikens in net, I mean, tank commander Merzlikens ready to to lead the charge. But no, he... He, he, he was a different goalie in the second period. I, exactly. Like, I was you know, like, the what Leafs is going on? too hot. But like that that save on Yarncroke, I think it was the, the two-on-one where he just... That was the shorty. Yeah. Oh my God. That was incredible. 
He didn't look like in what? What is he like an eight eighty goalie right now? Oh yeah, uh, Steve put out didn't a tweet. Look like that. Yes, uh, Steve put out a tweet yeah. uh, earlier today. He's ranked sixty nine out of seventy for for goalies that uh, oh, that play ten games. <laughs> so he is an eight seventy one on the season. Yeah, I mean his numbers must have went up after tonight's game. So there's that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know what happened really with the Leafs. They they started off really strong, and Nylander was able to capitalize, and they had a couple a couple other chances. I mean, even Bunton got a got a goal there as well in that first, and um, in the second, just the wind got taken out of them. It seemed like they just left Wall up for uh to, to fend for himself. They they just provided zero help back there, right? I mean, yeah. do you think? Do you guys think though that I mean? What was it? It was the was it the third goal that he just couldn't freeze the puck? I mean, when you know you when you know you have your goaltender, and I I mean I felt for the kid, right? Like that just that sucks. But sometimes when you're when you know it's your goaltender's first game, they're not necessarily playing super sharp. You start to focus on playing back versus yeah. versus playing forward and playing aggressive. I mean, you guys watch this team a lot more than I have. Do you think that was part of this as well? Well, partly. Uh, like, I don't know, with, with, with Joseph Wall, like the first period, you know, I, th- I thought our forwards were really committed to defense. You know, we saw Bunting and uh, Nylander make two really solid defensive plays on the back check. Um, but then in that second period, that went away and we were leaving guys wide open. Like Wall didn't have, I would say, a great game, especially with rebound control, but that's expected. You know, uh, he was an AHL all-star this year, but this is his, like, I don't know how many NHL games he's had, but this is his first of the year. So um, I thought we just really struggled with uh, picking up that extra guy on those on those rebound uh, plays. And I think Hall, Justin Hall, was a part of three of the four goals where he lost his man. And he shouldn't be doing that. He's a veteran in the league. You know, if it's if it's like Pontus Holmberg or, or Joey Anderson, it's a little more forgivable. But, you know. Justin Hall is part of our shutdown pairing on D. Like it's it's pretty bad that he's been so soft in front of the net today. But yeah, it's it's a tough. It was a tough loss. I think that was the yeah, perfect I mean, way to kind of sum it up. Uh, just a tough loss, or, or, or just not playing. Uh, frustrating. Yeah, tough loss, but also just taking the foot off the gas, right? I mean, that second or that first goal um, with uh, with Boone Jenner, right? It really seemed like Hall just just lifted up the uh, let his foot off the gas pedal and just gave a little extra inch and, and Jenner was able to to push off and, and get that get that snipe off right uh just create a little bit of distance right and that's all you really need and um in the playoffs that's gonna burn you right um and then that second goal as well again Hall and Sandine it really seemed like they they doubled up again on Jenner right yeah. <laughs> again and uh um uh, Marchenko was was left wide open right and so it it was really just just zero help and it seemed like they they do know better than this right and i i just don't know what was happening today. it just seemed like that on off night yeah, yeah i mean if you we had um we had columbus in seattle right before our bye week um and as you saw in the first period like <laughs> bless their little hearts they can't transition <laughs> the puck to save their lives right yeah. so you know i think and this is the narrative about the Leafs, right? Is that they can't seal the deal. My apologies. I'm also on a podcast, too many men, and we always have to make it about the Leafs. So this is just <laughs> a full circle moment for me. Um, but, you know, I think that if, if when you play this team right now, this Blue Jackets team, unfortunately, it's pretty easy to get pretty confident yeah. <laughs> um, about what they can't do against you. And I think 
the flip of what you're seeing too is that, you know, what this is a Columbus team that's trying to build right now. And if you really look at who were the performers tonight, Marchenko, right? Kent Johnson, like these are the future of this club. So I'm trying to soften the blow a little bit where it's not like you were beaten by like Sean Corrali four times. But, the, the but he once, did get one. He got one, yeah. Once, <laughs> not four. But, you know, I think that it, Eric Robinson was not scoring five on you tonight, right? Yeah. And, uh, Andrew Peak wasn't like just shredding everything up, right? So with all due respect to those players, but you're looking at some of the talent come in and, you know, a player like Marchenko has only been in this league since December, right? So the book isn't necessarily out on this kid just yet. I'm trying. I'm trying here a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it is also, you know, to understand, like, you know, Columbus might be, like, last in the league, I think. But I don't think anyone was really expecting that going into the season. Like, I don't think they were contenders, but I, I certainly yeah. think they had higher expectations than where they are right now. So, like, I think their their record undersells what they are as a team. But at the same time, th- that should be a win for the Leafs. 10, 10 times out of 10, right? Like, 100%. Yeah. And we, we also uh, talked 100%. about the, the second period. It, it They did play bad, but they had, they, they were limited in terms of their, their, um, their opportunities, but the opportunities that they did get, I felt like they had some, some pretty good chances, right? I mean, that Hall, uh, Hall got a, a shot off that, that just, he kind of flaked on it. Um, he should have buried that. And then the yarn crock, um, yeah, uh, shorty that, that got stolen, right? Yeah. yeah there, there was a couple chances where I saw where I'm like, maybe that that could have gone in and it, maybe it's another game or it, it's a different game entirely right but still you, you, sh- the you second can't period, be getting outshot that much regardless right yeah the second period we didn't do too bad in terms of shot generation we generated nine shots but we also gave up 21 mm-hmm. you know that's insane and they only had i think one slot chance in the first period and then by the end of the second as per like luke fox the slot chances were 14 to 8 for columbus Meaning they got 13 <laughs> slot chances. Yeah, I mean, if you, look at, like... if you look at shot quality, right? And I'm citing natural stat trick here. So period one, we all agree, Leafs domination. They had 80, almost 83% of all shot quality at evens. Yeah. Period two, 58% for the Blue Jackets. Period three, 71% for the Blue Jackets. So yeah. it totally skewed the other way in those. It, they The Columbus started to come in period two. And then period three, it was just now it was domination the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was right at the start of period two. It wasn't even like, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at like what happened during the game. And it was like puck drop period two. Columbus was on it and the Leafs just weren't. I don't know what I don't know what uh, like was possibly said in intermission, but it, it clearly didn't work for the Leafs because like right at the puck drop. And then, you know, you have really stupid plays like when uh, Nylander took that dumb penalty that could have been a major if he actually made contact like mm-hmm. you know he was lucky he didn't get a major the only reason yeah. he didn't is because he didn't he missed you know yeah. and it was a one goal game at the time and it's like what are you doing there you know and bunting as well making some stupid boneheaded moves and it's just it's tough to see those types of uh types of plays because that's you, you know the other team's going to try to get under your skin in the playoffs and if you're if you're that soft and if you're going to retaliate like that, it's not going to work. Yeah, and I think yeah, Bunton, the penalties. Yeah, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, you go. Go, go. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I mean, Bunton has, uh, Bunton really just needs to kind of harden up a little bit because the refs are clearly not on his side. And <laughs> not at all. Yeah, not not at all, right? And and just what took, what was that? That, that penalty that, that came off, it was just because one of the, the Columbus guys was, was making a, oh, well, you're chirping me or whatever noise, right? That was such a soft and, penalty. And Bunton though, like... just goes at it. Yeah, I know. I but, know, but I, he barely went reta- at it. You like, shouldn't that's retaliate not for that. The thing is, like, Bunting needs to understand where he stands in the league. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it might be unfair to him that that's what gets called is, you know, that's a play that happens literally every, you know, every post-whistle scrub, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, he he has to understand where he stands. And he's not going to get calls. You know, he, he got hauled down. He, you know, you get up and you go back to the bench. You know, this is... It's it's unfair, but it's what it is. Like this is the NHL. You're not gonna like you fell on the wrong side of the the ref's favor. So, it yeah. I don't know. He just needs to smarten up and understand what what he is in the ref's eyes. Well, and if you watch too, like again, because we watch the Hockey Night in Canada feed here. Yeah. If you watch, like the minute that hit after the Nylander penalty, and I forget who said it on the broadcast, but they said, you know. I don't know, you know, uh, what was going on with Gabranson and it was after Crawley got the stick, but I was between the benches when Columbus was in Seattle and Gabranson, yeah. the one thing he can do is he'll just start John, right? Yeah. He'll just start John, whether he's on the bench, whether he's on the ice. And to your point, I mean, I think that's what he thinks he's trying to do to help his team right now in Gabranson. Yeah. I know I'm saying it the American way, not the Canadian way, but um, is, I mean, you can't, you I was surprised at the lack of discipline by the Leafs and how much time they spent in the box, especially in period three in key moments. Like that's, you know, the performance on the ice that we've been talking about is one thing, but that lack of discipline in that sense too was not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you, you want them to be smarter, especially in a game that's getting away from you. You know, that's where you, you know, your leadership needs to kind of dig down and, and get the team back on its, you know, feet, but you know, like Nylander took a dumb penalty and you don't, you know, I don't want to blame Nylander too much. Cause that's not a part of it. Like a part of his game right. that I see often. I've, that's the first time I've ever seen him kind of lose his mind and make a dumb play in terms of make taking a dumb penalty. But you know, for with bunting, it's, it's sort of a trend. And I like the snarl, you know, that's the thing that like kind of pisses me off as well. It's like, you know, a large part of Leafs discourse over the past five, six years is that, Oh, this team needs more grit. This team needs more toughness. You know, they need to, you know, really show that they care because, you know, we've seen it before disengagement, but you know, the, the guys that we've had is like Kadri and Bunting who both are taking really dumb penalties at stupid times. And it's just, it's very tough to watch. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Oh, it's, God. <laughs> it, it's a tough situation. I, I really don't know how he kind of fixes it. Right. Because it, it really seems like once he has his, his name in, in the refs books, like nothing's just going to go his way. Right. And yeah, like to your point, I love that you brought up Kadri because that's the exact same situation. Right. Um, we had another player that had that snarl that we enjoyed and we'd like to see, but it's just a couple boneheaded plays. And then once you're on the refs bad side, it's tough to get out of there. Yeah. Um, and, Regardless of whether or not it's their fault or not, like, you know, we could talk about NHL officiating, but mm-hmm. it's not going to change, you know, like, it's just right. not going to change. Like, I swear, I'm pretty sure we, that's the, 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 the largest topic about, we've ever talked yeah, exactly. about. Yeah, exactly. Like, we've talked so about it constantly. Times, but it's like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, it's not going to change. So you're going to have to learn how to adapt around it. And yeah. like, it sucks, but that's what it is. 
Yeah. Well, I, let's talk about this on officiating. Did you think that the Kent Johnson goal oh, was good? God. No, I didn't. And I don't understand. <laughs> Every angle they showed on the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast yeah. looked like it was above. But like the, the one thing that I'm thinking is that like, uh, you know, the call on the ice was that it was a good goal and they didn't have an angle that conclusively, in, is that the right word? Conclusively yeah. said yeah. that uh, conclusively <laughs> said that it was above the bar because every angle that I saw looked like it was, mm-hmm. but it did hit on the shaft and not the blade, and so that's the only thing I can think of. But like I don't know, I don't know because there's no communication yeah. from the league either. Like I don't know what they saw. We had in Seattle had one called back that I could have sworn from the angle, and it was an Alexander Wenberg goal that I could have sworn the stick was below the crossbar. Yeah. But um, uh, John Forslund, and I can't remember if Eddie Olchek was on the call or not, but they were saying too, and JT Brown was pointing this out, it, they'll, a, an official will also often use the player's shoulders as a reference point. Oh, okay. And I don't know if that came into it, but I was with you. I was so, and I thought the Wenberg goal shouldn't have counted and it got called back. So I yeah. was just as shocked as you when this one stood because every angle I saw, I thought it was going to get called back and taken off the board for sure. Yeah, like I was, I was almost certain. Like <laughs> this was one of the ones that I was like near certain about that I was going to get called back because the, the the contact happened right beside the net, so you can like, yeah, it was very like the right. reference point was right there. <laughs> so I was like, okay, it's getting called back, and then they they called it, and I was like, oh, okay, guess I guess I'm blind. So, uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, let's get, let's move on because I don't want to talk about this game. I want to talk about the trade deadline. Because oh, okay. <laughs> you've covered the Columbus Blue Jackets before, and there have been uh, two players on Columbus that uh, you know has has been part of speculation, and uh, you know at least with Leafs, and it's uh, Gustav Nyquist and Vladislav Gavrikov. And you know I can only speak about myself, but as a Leafs fan, I haven't really watched them all that much. And advanced stats are advanced stats are fantastic and great, and I love them. But like you know, from someone who has seen them play and, and follow the team so closely, what, if they're acquired, what can you expect from like those two players? Yeah. So I, it's again, like Columbus has had just such a crap year, right? Then yeah. you were citing the number of injuries and number of players who played on the broadcast as well. So everyone already heard that, but it, it's insane that they're this broken. There was a year I'm totally making the story longer than it should be, but there was a year back, I think it was 15, 16, 14, 15, when like half the roster was out, Bobrovsky was out half the year. Boone Jenner was out half the year. Brandon Dubinsky was still good at the time. He was out half the year. We, th- we called that the broken year. We didn't think that it could ever be worse. It's worse now. <laughs> um, so it sucks that Nyquist right now is hurt. Um, yeah. He is trying to come back. It sucks for him. It su- and it sucks for trade value for the Jackets, obviously, too. But I really like Nyquist as a player. He's one of those players that does all the little things right. He's kind of a Swiss army knife kind of player. Um, When he was at his peak and even, um, you know, if you go back to years like 18, 19, 17, 18, 19, even 1920, when the Jackets were still, you know, making postseason in, you know, contending and being in there, Gus and with high caliber players, Pierre Dubois, even when Duchesne was there, Gus Nyquist is a player that can make a difference when he's out. You notice it. You notice when he's out. So I think he's a good depth guy. But now do you trade for him knowing that he may not come back, right? Because one report was surgery. One report was not. Who's yeah. to say? Um, Gavrikov, I have not watched him as much since I left uh, Columbus. 
he was really good with David Savard. With yeah. a player like David Savard, they were a great shutdown pair. I think that he, maybe his underlying numbers, if people are looking at those, probably aren't as strong. But again, right now, he's in a mentor role with a yeah. very young, very inexperienced defense. I think if you bring him in and don't expect him to be the full solution, but a really solid part of the solution, um, he can be really good at that. He's going to be more on the defensive side of things. But he does have some offensive upside. Um, he'll jump into the play. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll get there, but he's more so just really going to protect you defensively. Um, as long as there are systems in place too, that's been another thing that Columbus has struggled with, with so many guys in and out is how are they playing? What is the structure? I don't think that we really know the season. And I say that with respect, I'm not saying someone's not giving them a structure. It just, it's been really hard to figure out what they're trying to do. Yeah, for sure. And you know, like this game sort of showcased two leaf holes. Firstly, Hall was pretty poor, but like, I understand (laughs) that a lot of people don't like him, but I also think he is one of the top six, you know, Leafs demon but if we do get someone that pushes him out that would also be fine you know so but the the one thing i did want to talk about is that kerfoot was on the ice in an empty net situation which i don't like <laughs> like we don't have the offensive depth when we have a guy like matthews injured uh you know to have kerfoot out on the ice uh during an empty net situation that's just not the guy i want so gustav nyquist is a target that yeah. i would find to be very interesting i think we did something similar uh, back when we acquired uh, uh, Nash, Riley Nash. Yep, uh, exactly. When he was injured as well. So, you know, I don't think that worked out too well, the Riley Nash situation. But at the same time, I think Gustav Nyquist is a much higher impact player. So I would I very much yeah. enjoy getting him. So, yeah. yeah I think uh, it's, it would be a similar type deal, right? Because Riley Nash was hurt when when he got traded as well. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I think that Nyquist is a is a better version of that. He'll be really responsible defensively, and I think he has more of an offensive upside as well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> during the game, we had a bit of a Twitter snafu. I was it was very hard to focus on the game when all of the talk with uh, Jacob Chitron was going on, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. And then eventually, I think it it fizzled, but. <laughs> I, yeah, even I Dubis know. was on on his uh, his yeah, phone on the, the entire day too. <laughs> I was so and here's the thing, you guys. I thought the angle that they showed. I legitimately, I will say this on the record. It looked to me like he was like he wasn't talking to someone. It looked to me like he was like Video facetiming tape. with someone. She's showing. Yeah, he was yeah. either taping something or showing somebody something. Yeah, that's just my theory based <laughs> on absolutely nothing other than like five seconds of video. Yeah, and and Myrtle, uh, not Myrtle, uh, sorry, uh, Jeff Merrick uh, during the intermission said that the Leafs said they weren't in on him. But mm-hmm. like from People everything lie. I've heard is everyone has said they're not in on him. So I don't right. know what's going on, but I just hope he doesn't go to the Bruins. That's my one wish. Please, <laughs> not the Bruins. That's it. I, I would love to get him, though. He's he's great, too. Hey, but, I, w- uh, I actually wanted to get your opinion on this because... um. I mean, the Leafs, we look at the Felino trade and we got burned with a, with a <laughs> rental, right? Um, and uh, it, it seemed like Dubis, um, he had a press conference earlier, I, I believe it was like a couple days ago, right? And um, he mentioned that that obviously the big names are are love to haves and whatnot, but really we're looking for for players to try to uh, improve the, the, the overall team itself, right? And um, do you think that, that picking up a rental, like... The, 
uh like Gavrikov and, and whatnot that do you think that's a better option or do you think we should try to go for for Chikrin because I believe he also has two more years left on his on oh, his yeah, deal as well control. right so he can stick around um a, l- a little bit long term as well is that to me yeah you yeah, go ahead, you can, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah no I mean to me like here's the thing if you're the buyer Yes, you want to go after Chikrin, right? Because it is a controlled asset for some time. The seller, however, has all the power in this year with the cap. And I just, I feel like the prices are going to be, I mean, we're already seeing the market start to get set, right? Like it's already insane. I mean, it's when David Savard got traded to to, for a first overall pick, respectfully, shocking nick felino getting traded for a first overall pick respectfully shocking so (laughs) the prices are going to be the prices are going to be insane and so i think it's what you want versus what you can get are going to be two different things because the sellers have all the power right now yeah and and the rumored um uh, the rumored assets that that were required for chicken was was kind of insane i mean they wanted matthew nyes plus uh our our first overall for for this year plus a couple prospects i mean we don't have a lot (laughs) a lot of depth in 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 our prospect pool right now right we can't just keep shipping these guys out you know like even like nick robertson he was a blue chip prospect but now his value is the lowest it's probably ever been Mm -hmm. because of the injuries that he's had like it's we have like Matthew Nyes and our first. Those are the big That's it. blue chip. And I think yep. we also gave away our second, our, our second yeah, round for this year as well. But that was totally worth it for Geo. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, of course. But uh, but I, I'm just saying like what we don't have a lot of a lot yeah. of picks in this draft either, right? Yeah, yeah, we don't. Uh, it'll be interesting. I think that I think Toronto is a very interesting uh, team to watch at the trade deadline because you know we heard the Dubis presser where he was pretty much saying like you know we're not necessarily going to go after big name guys but uh there's a lot of big names on the board so i'm not entirely (laughs) certain if he's telling the truth there um right but yeah like like last deadline we brought in geo and and that was probably one of the best moves we've made in a long time like yeah just an absolutely we appreciate it thank you very much yeah (laughs) Yeah, he is definitely benefit (laughs) it was a good deal both sides i do want to bring up a couple of quotes that came out from the post game uh John Tavares, uh, this is from Mike Stevens, said, uh, whether things are going our way or not, we've got to be smart and not give our opponent life. I think that directly references what Nylander and Bunting did. Um, So that's one. And a pretty scathing quote from Sheldon Keefe, who said, uh, Sheldon Keefe is displeased by Maple Leafs' lack of effort and competitiveness and loss to Columbus. I can't do the work for them. <laughs> there you go. Damn there it, you go. They're gonna be. He's gonna backskate them. Yeah, they're gonna be <laughs> and they deserve to be. I mean, their next game is what Wednesday, so you got you got some time to to get your act together. Because Jesus, that was bad. That was one of the worst efforts I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is a very similar to that. Um, what was it? That that uh, Montreal loss a couple weeks back. That that three two overtime again. I think it was the second period again where they they scored two goals on us and brought it back as well. Um, yeah, yeah, horrendous. But <laughs> the Leafs have another bottom tier team on on Wednesday in the, in the Blackhawks, and uh, judging from the Leafs' uh, ability to play up to their competition or play down to their competition, I would say uh, we're in for for a fun one. <laughs> that's that's <Always>. for sure. <laughs> yeah but uh, i think that's gonna do it here from us i i hope you guys enjoyed uh enjoyed the podcast today um thank you again allison for coming on we appreciate it a lot uh g- give a shout out where where can everyone find you 
Oh, sure. Well, first and foremost, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate so much. Just you reached out and it was perfect because usually I'm if it's a cracking game, I'm I can't yeah. do post game because I'm doing a post game. So it was really <laughs> cool to be able to do this. So thank you. Um, but you can find me on Twitter um, if Twitter still exists by the time this gets out there. Who's to say anymore? Um, at Allison L A L I S O N L. I'm on Instagram at Allison and our podcast, Too Many Men, is at two underscore much underscore man. Perfect, perfect. perfect. Sweet. And uh, yeah, that's that's going to do it here from us. But you can fi- follow me on Harnish underscore Patel 98. Got it this time. Yeah, I prepared. I prepared. And my name <laughs> Armand is Armand Puthiki. You can find me at Armand Puthiki on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your night. Good night. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.